when you work with clients, what are they really getting? What are they saying? Hey, this is what value I'm really getting from you. And when we compared it, we found that you need someone to care about them. So you need a, a level of connection. But a lot of times it's just ongoing accountability and it's the right information, but it's not overwhelming because information is the easiest to get right now. We have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have chat GPT, which can pull up whatever it is you want to achieve within what, two seconds. But it's really that accountability and it's the environment because when you're in an environment of people that are gambling, uh, smoking, eating bad food, and it's normalized, you'd be the odd one out if you don't do those things. You're listening to the Engineer of Finance podcast with Ken Green. Please stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear boring yet important disclosures. Thank you. Hi, this is Ken Green, the host of the Engineer of Finance podcast. I'm excited to have uh, a new guest on the show, Brad DeCommerman, co-founder of Empower Men. Ken, thank you so much. Greetings from West Hollywood, California. And for all the listeners, please say your name because I'm sure I slaughtered it slightly, but it's a great French name. So it's a, I want to hear it the correct way. You actually said it better than I say it. Most people are like, de Cumberbund, to call my mom, de comrade. It's Brad de Comermond. So that'd be the, a white guy saying it. But if you're French, then you say de Comermond. And it's just with a French accent. But as you could tell from my accent, I grew up here in the U.S., and my dad is pretty much embarrassed about how I say it. I, I we're, uh, I, this will be a fun conversation. And Empower Men is about empowering busy professional men to transform their bodies while putting money in their pocket. And so this is a fun conversation. And I hope everyone listening around the near the third, fourth week of January, I had a lot of focus, Brad, talking at the end of the year. I'm not into New Year's resolutions. However, it, I always have found it's a great time. Maybe because it has to do with the fiscal year and taxes, who knows, but going to November, December, it's just a great time to focus on health and wealth. What have we done well? What have we accomplished? And what do we maybe want to tune or really focus on going into the new year? And so this will be a fun conversation. Are, are you guys still on track with what you agreed to do? So I'm really happy that you've come on as a guest out of West Hollywood. And, and we'll just see where the show goes, but you were mentioning before we started recording, I was curious on your background. So you live in West Hollywood, but you help people with getting in shape. So you've got a great story to share on that. But you also, you pointed out to me that, which I'm aware of, it's, it really works hand in hand, doesn't it? It's amazing the processes and the mythology, not mythology, methodology that we put into it with like our habits, what we do, how literally just writing down all our expenses, how that can tune how much we spend, right? What gets measured gets managed. It's amazing if we start logging the amount of calories of what we're putting into our mouth, how that can influence our behavior. And it's amazing how those patterns really work similarly, right? If you, if you want to get in shape, you can apply that same type of philosophy and process to finances. Anyway, I'm going to let you take over the show, but I'm curious, a little bit of your background. You were mentioning your father was from South Africa. So now were you born and raised in the U.S. or did you have a little experience being in South Africa as well? well I, actually, I was born in Johannesburg, South Africa in 86. And that's where my mom and her side of the family is from. But my dad is from this little island called Mauritius, which is off of Madagascar. So the way I describe it is if you've seen that movie, Madagascar with the animals, there's a tiny little island, a couple hundred miles off of that. 
It's like the Hawaii of Africa, very beautiful city or a very beautiful island. And it's about three to 5% French and the rest uh, Indian and mix of other uh, backgrounds. And so my dad moved over to South Africa, which a lot of Mauritians do, met my mom, had me, and then we moved to exotic Tampa, Florida. It goes from really cool background and I had this South African accent as a four-year-old and then I go to the U.S. and I'm in the suburbs of a, a great city of Tampa, Florida, but uh, the accent disappears. And then I grew up in Florida up until about 25 years old until those Visit California commercials started coming on. And I was like, you know what, this, this California thing looks pretty cool. And I wonder if it's as good as what I see on TV. And then about August 2015 is when I moved from Miami to Los Angeles the first time. And this is the only place that I felt at home. Yeah. And so West Hollywood, LA, people haven't visited uh, that area. LA is just so huge, right? What a big city. And, but that West Hollywood's home for you now. It, it's yeah. If you haven't been to LA, every neighborhood, every place has its own vibe. I love Southern California overall. LA is definitely a bit stressful. It's definitely a bit fake, but it's also very exciting because you have all the, all these like kids in adult bodies that are still trying to pursue their dream, which is, I think is very inspiring. And it, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And someone wants to juggle and be the best juggler in the world. And someone wants to do JLo's hair. And then someone wants to do this person's Botox. And, and this person wants to be America's got talent and be a star. You, you take the good with the bad with anything. And the prices are high. There's a lot of issues in California, but the weather's great. And there's some very interesting people here. I'd love to call it home. Yeah, I visit LA a fair amount. One of my brothers was down there and I head down on certain business meetings consistently, right? So usually I'm down in Santa Monica area and look at the v the beach. It's all, every, it's just, the weather's usually perfect every day, isn't it? Usually. Amazing when it rains once in a while. Yeah, when it dips under 65 degrees, we complain, which is awesome. The fact that we can complain when there is a cloud, when there is a bit of rain, when there is something, it's pure privilege, but we do pay a lot of money for that privilege. When did you, when did you start Empower, Empower Men? How yeah, long this, has that been? This was a company that really came together naturally from my background, as well as my business partner's background, where uh, I met up with my business partner, Gil, who's, he was an international model, a health coach of all these celebrities in LA, these mostly women, but we started talking about finance and investing together. And I'd reached out because I was working with uh, artists, actors, models, helping them with their money because some of them are the, the notoriously worst with their money management. So you hear of these athletes, you hear of these uh, actors that make all this money and they blow it because they were never taught the right principles. And usually the artistic type of people or what I found are the more artistic someone is, the less likely they are to stick to a budget or at least just think in a very analytical type of way. And so he was one of the people I reached out to a couple of years ago. And when I realized, oh, this guy's really smart with investing and he has some real estate properties, rental properties in Tennessee, and he's doing this and he's keeping up with cryptocurrency and all this. We started talking more and more. And at that point I was just working with these artists and actors one-on-one. -on -one. He was training clients one-on-one -on -one with his health coaching and it was only last year that we said, you know what, I think there's a really good space in health and wellness to incorporate a financial side, because a lot of times 
people can't afford his services because they don't, they're saying, I don't have the money. And I said, a lot of times they do have the money. They just don't know where it's going. And so we said, what if we combined that transformation? Because this girl that I helped get out of $30,000 of credit card debt is very similar to the woman that you helped lose 50 pounds. And the guy I helped pay off his massive tax bill because he was making a lot of money, but he wasn't managing it right. It was the same thing as this other guy you've helped uh, put on all this muscle and eat right. And so that's when we said, I think there's a way to really help the everyday man who's not doing great financially. He's not making hundreds and hundreds of thousands per year, but he's just, Hey, I'm a hardworking guy. I'd like to be healthier. I just don't know how to do it. If I have to travel so much for work and I have two kids and I have all these obligations, all these responsibilities. And so it's been a, a great process so far, but this is a relatively new business just combining something that we've uh, each been doing for several years. That sounds like a, a fun partnership. And yeah, if you have, if you're incredibly healthy and broke, not a fun way to live life. And if you're incredibly wealthy and you just can't do anything, you're not healthy, they really do have to go hand in hand. And so it's a really nice synergy of what you guys put together. H how does that work? What do you do with Empower Men? And it looks like literally empowering busy men, professional men. So Sounds like your ideal client, the ideal uh, people you serve are men, number one. <laughs> only men. Yeah, only men. Yeah, so let, let's clear that up. And maybe there'll be a female version, but I've also had great experiences with men's groups in the past. And then, so when you think of what's going on in society, when you think of men specifically, men don't have the same social outlets as women. They usually don't open up emotionally. They don't have the camaraderie and the brotherhood they may have had in college and in high school with fraternities and with sports teams. And so a lot of times men just don't really have a place to go and work on themselves with other men. And so that's where we said, hey, we both benefited tremendously from being a part of these organizations that are for men specifically. So then they could be a bit more vulnerable with their relationships, with insecurities, with things like that. And so, you know, when we boiled it down, we said, hey, when you work with clients, what are they really getting? What are they saying? Hey, this is what value I'm really getting from you. And when we compared it, we found that you need someone to care about them. So you need a, a level of connection. But a lot of times it's just ongoing accountability and it's the right information, but it's not overwhelming because information is the easiest to get right now. We have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have chat GPT, which can pull up whatever it is you want to achieve within what, two seconds, but it's really that accountability and it's the environment because when you're in an environment of people that are gambling, uh, smoking, eating bad food, and it's normalized, you'd be the odd one out if you don't do those things. So you just adapt to those people because you want to be one of the part of the tribe. And so we said, we got to create the environment for the guy out there that wants to do better than what his current environment offers. And so we said, here's the environment. It's an online community. We're going to provide one-on-one -on -one coaching, but we're going to provide weekly accountability with other men that are dedicated to this so that at least they can be uh, surrounded by other men and form their own environment, even if it's online. Now, how does that, how does that work? What's the typical process like at Empowerment? So someone's listening, says, you know what? Yeah, I do feel alone on an island. I do want some help. I am a hardworking person. And I want some help financially and I want to get in shape. I want to get rid of the blubber, right? So how does that work? Um, sure. 
Yeah, we've constructed this from how we work with clients in the past, which is, okay, this has got to be an online community, which offers all the information possible, but then we have to have events. We have to have all these things. So we decided to build Empowerment on Mighty Networks, which is an incredible platform designed for community builders. So this is for someone on Facebook or Instagram or some person that says, hey, I got all these followers on my YouTube channel, but there's no way for them to really interact with one another. And I, I can't really show them my courses. I can't really have them join me live on Zoom calls. And so we put it all into this one online platform contained on Mighty Networks, which has just been great. And so day one is, hey, welcome to Empower Men. Here is this 38-question questionnaire. It's very lengthy, but not every question needs to be answered in depth. But we've got to know who you are, what's important to you, what's your lifestyle like, what's going on, because you, you have all the context of your life. We need as much of it as possible, just so we're able to direct you to the resources that will help you the most. But we also know you're very busy. You might be traveling for work. You might be working night shifts. You might be doing all this. So whatever your goal is, we got to make sure that we are guiding you to the information to get you started. But then every week, the habits will just be built upon each other week after week. And so we start with the initial questionnaire being sent to us. We have a one-on-one -on -one call going over an initial game plan so we can create that first, I guess, that game plan so we could see what works and what doesn't work. And then every week from there, we have several calls for our men to join. So two of them are accountability focused calls where it's really just, hey, we started here. These were the actions we talked about. What happened? Okay, you, you did good here. This didn't go so well. All right, what wasn't in place? And so uh, a lot of this is based on Atomic Habits by James Clear. And if, if you're out there and you've not read that book. Great book. That's the best diet book. That's the best finance book. That's the best improving your life book I've ever read in a very practical way. And so we have our men go off of the, the teachings of Atomic Habits because we ultimately want to just fall into our goals based on the habits that we've created and that we've stuck to. Yeah, we have several calls a week on accountability, one call a week dedicated to health and wellness. And this is where Gil, my partner, answers the men's questions. It might be, hey, I had a question about travel. I'm going to be traveling to the city. I don't know how I'm going to eat healthy here. Do you have any pointers? Or I'm new to the gym and I'm thinking of this. What kind of workout should I be doing? What kind of exercise? And then every week we also have a career or finance related call as well. And all of this is uh, recorded so guys can watch the replay. But we're very heavy on the connection of the community from the calls and having enough calls for men to be able to participate in, even if they're traveling to a different country or they have a crazy workload and they have to just attend one call. Because we know that is what is leading to the most results. Well, attending, well, because of the accountability piece, is that that's got to be so crucial. I have to be is holding everyone accountable. If you look up, there's a study, I'm going to butcher it, the study by American Department of De Training Development Study. If you look it up, it's something like, if you have a goal, you have a 10% likelihood of achieving it if you don't do anything else. It goes up when you write it down, then it goes up again to about 40 or 50% when you have a timeline attached to it, goes up to 65% when you tell someone else you're going to do it. The right person. The you tell someone the right person. Okay. You, you commit to someone. Let's just yeah. say 
in the, in the study, you commit to someone, it goes up to 65%, but then the number jumps to 95% higher likelihood when you have ongoing accountability appointments with that person who you committed to. So when you think about it, if you are going to be meeting someone every Monday at 6 p.m. to talk about this one thing you committed, and that's ongoing, that's indefinite, it's going to be hard for you to show up every single week after week and not accomplish it because they're going to be asking. So what'd you do this week? We're here one hour every week to talk about this. And you've got to inch closer because it's looming. That, that appointment is looming every single week. Oh, it's Monday morning or it's Sunday night. Oh, that appointment. I better do it because I'm going to feel lousy if I attend this call and I say, I didn't do anything or I just watched football this weekend instead of doing the thing I, I was going to do. So knowing that the, the likelihood just goes through the roof, we all need it. That's why I brushed my teeth as a kid. That's why I have teeth right now. You can't see it, but I have teeth because my parents held me accountable, even though I didn't want to do it. Yeah, it's, it's quite the argument at night. I've learned with my son, he's seven years old and I want him brushing his teeth earlier at night because he becomes quite the monster at night. Like. He's tired, he fights it, and the brushing teeth thing makes me smile because it's quite... Now, thank goodness for technology, though, because you got all these great programs out there that make it fun. And so if you can switch it to fun, so he'll come back with his smartphone showing that, hey, I'm 16 out of 16, Dad, or just completely disappointed when he gets a 15 out of 16. Gamify. Yeah, gamify something like that. What's interesting about Atomic Habits, I don't know if you remember this, where they said... Even the mint flavor in the toothpaste was the reward. The, the menthol, the mint has nothing to do with the benefits of toothpaste, but that's how they got people to brush their teeth more and more. Maybe there'll be a pizza it's, flavored one or a chicken nugget flavored toothpaste for kids one day, but then they'd probably swallow it, which would be a, bad. Atomic Habits is probably one of my favorite books in the last few years. And it's one of those things that you have to open it back up again, because it's amazing when you reread a book, it's almost as if it was written by a different author because different things will speak to you because you're ready for it. And, but it was just so fascinating. Like one of my favorite parts of that book was just someone just trying to get in the habit of going to the gym, even work out. He just drove to the damn gym. Just and two walked, minutes. Yep. And just to literally bite by bite, right? One next, just taking that next step, the next step. And then you look back over what you accomplished in two months and it's pretty substantial. And so money-wise, but health-wise in both, your co-founder, and I hope I'm saying his name right, you said Gil? Oh, yeah. Gil. So he's on the health side. How did you, and you've mentioned before we turned, before we started the show, and I love you to speak to it because you've gone through a transformation process. You got very healthy. Was that prior to working with Gil? Or was this under Gil's mentorship and him being your accountability partner? Well, People can't see, but you're in great shape. You're like this exactly what people envision of going to LA, right? Everyone's GQ. <laughs> there must be like a, a quota, right? Everyone's in great shape. Everyone looks good. Everyone has perfect teeth. And so what, how did you get, what was your process like? Are you always in great shape or did you go through this transformation? And this is why you're passionate about it. I, I appreciate that, Ken. And compared to Gil, who's been on a men's health cover, I look like a, a lagoon creature. I, I'm like looking like one of the I don't know, something out of Lord of the Rings compared to him because he has veins that I didn't even, even know there were veins in those areas. But as a kid, I was overweight. I grew up, my mom fed me a lot and I said, yes, I want more, I want more. So I was always overweight, which led to not having much confidence because you don't really feel your best. You, you see what the popular kids look like, what they wear, how they act. And so I wasn't that at all. And it was in 
high school that I really started to lose weight just because I then had a car so I could go to the gym. This was, two, I guess, around 2001, 2002. The internet was out. I was able to really look up some of this, these earlier websites, understand what eating right was like. I didn't have to go to the library and just find an old book on a buried somewhere. And so when I started losing weight, I started feeling more confident. I then moved on to other areas like, all right, can I dress better? How do I style my hair? How do I talk to girls? How do I do these things? And even though this was years and years ago, I'm still that inner fat kid. Like I, I love my sweets. I had a five pound burrito in San Jose, California from this place that I saw on man versus food years ago. I got a, t a free t-shirt for eating this five pound burrito and I had all day to do it and I did it in 25 minutes. So it's, I'm still battling. Don't think, oh man, this guy is just an athlete and he's always fit. I know the struggle. Of is that just permanently ingrained in you because of our childhood? I always joke, I, I work for food, but it's really not a joke. I work for food. It's like a huge reward system for me. Like the mint and toothpaste, right? I'll, I'll bust my butt. I work incredibly hard. Drives my wife nuts because she's got an associate degree in culinary art. Mm -hmm. Boy, she cook great food. And then right in the morning I wake up and she wakes up. Well, what's for dinner tonight? And this has been like this routine because I, it's like my carrot. So I was just, and I was always the chubby kid when I was a kid. So there we go. And I will say, because I still love tapping into that and because I enjoy food, I love food, especially when I have time to eat it. I will say really quickly, and if you want to talk about this more, we can't, but intermittent fasting has been one of the biggest hacks out there for losing weight and still feeling very satiated and feeling mm -hmm. like every day could be Thanksgiving. Because I, when I go to town, I, my joke is that I shut down more buffets than COVID. Because as a kid, yeah, I was overweight. I lost the weight. I was not the person that likes to turn down food and to work out a lot. I was the person that always struggled with it. And even my very first word, it was not mama or daddy. I'd, I drank the last sip of milk from the bottle and I uttered more. My first word was more. If my first word is more after drinking milk versus mama or daddy, then you, you see how I'm wired. And then as a kid, my mom always said, you live to eat, you don't eat to live. And so whatever that did psychologically, I am what I am. I, I'm able to use different tools and different, different things to be able to eat a lot, even though I am still pretty lean. And intermittent fasting was just one of the best things that I've done. And I've been doing that for about nine years straight now. The, so when did you meet, I hope I'm pronouncing him right. Is it, yeah. What's Gil's last name? Gil? Soares. Soares. So when did you meet Gil then? We connected in, I want to say 2020 or 2021, but didn't really start talking about business or anything advanced until about a year and a half ago. And that's so when he, we were like, we, when we started getting into longevity, into peptide therapy and anti-aging, one of the things I was like, I've made so many mistakes in my life, especially, not especially with finances, but one with my ex and investing with my ex who turned out to, things didn't go very well. To the point where I said, if we don't have time machines and if I can't go back in time, the next best thing would be to just extend my life. If I could just get this decade to do this over again and live to 110 or it's like going back in time. I just am making sure that I get some more do-overs. So uh, we started talking about that bonding over how we love where the longevity and anti-aging space is going and all the crazy cool technologies that are becoming available for us to really reverse age ourselves, which again, it's like, Hey, if you made a lot of mistakes, 
you can't go back, but you can extend how much you can go forward. And that's when we started uh, discussing, hey, maybe we could bring this to the everyday man versus just those top five or 10% of income earners who are using the stem cell therapies and, and the peptide therapies and all this and make it a bit more feasible for just the busy professional who is balancing a lot. So you went for you getting in shape, this it, was it all pretty much on your own with the books or did you have some mentorship 20 years ago? It, it really sounds like you went through your own transformation, really gathering all this information on your own. Or did you have some mentors that really helped you in any certain programs or is it just all reading this, and implementing? So looking back, I, I was in a horrible environment because I was just with my parents who forced their, wanted me to eat the food that they made, which is garlic bread and all this. So the environment was against me, which if you read Atomic Habits, you, you see the importance of environment. But my first ever diet was four bowls of cereal a day. And I think that was before high school even. That's, but that's when I started seeing results. I was like, all right, I would read the, the calories on the back. I didn't even understand how many servings were in the box. I would just load up my bowl of cereal and eat that. And I lost weight that way. Obviously it's not recommended at all. It's horrible, but that's what it was at first. And then over the years, it was like, oh, I guess these green things in the produce section are healthy. I'll start implementing that. And then I shouldn't put it, put on so much oil and butter, but it was still a step in the right direction. And then it was, all right, instead of these stofers and hungry man dinners, maybe I should just have some lean meat. And, and so I just started incorporating over time. Just taking the next step, next steps, next step. The cool thing with your health and with your finances is that every single day, this is going to be relevant. So you don't have to do it all at once. It's just, hey, I get to start over today. What is one little thing I could do a bit better knowing that tomorrow is another do-over? It's not like it's not like this thing that comes and goes in our life. It's every single day we need to concern ourselves with our health and with our money. So when we just get better every day, that 1% better, we'll eventually get there. Now, like training wise, what, fast forwarding to today, what is your training regimen? Are you training every day? Do you train in the morning? Do you split it up? Is it random? I, I've gone through it all. I, I've done the get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym when it's still dark. I'm like, this is unsustainable because I hate my life. That, that's not me. I'm not that person. <laughs> and then it was, let me work out at 10 or 11 a.m. And I missed the morning crowds. I still control my schedule, so that's okay. And then I realized, no, I, I like working out and I'm my most productive self in terms of work in the morning up until about 2 p.m. So I started just working out about 4 to 6 p.m. or 3.30 to 5 p.m. Somewhere around there is my sweet spot because I enjoy going to the gym. So I don't have to force myself to go. It's not like I'm new to it where I should just knock it out in the morning. I, to me, it's very enjoyable. So that's something I'll prioritize. But I've also learned that I want to get my work done early in the day when my mind is the sharpest. And then by 2 p.m., I'm fried. My brain is fried. And that's when I can do these other things, including workout. And right now, it's only four times a week weightlifting. And a couple other times, I'll do, I'll go on the bike or a treadmill and just walk. But I'll just do some minor low-impact cardio, nothing too taxing. And a lot of times, I'll prop my laptop up on a treadmill and go at one mile an hour. And I'll be on there for an hour and a half or two hours just so I can work and burn some calories. And same thing, if I'm at home, I'll always try to stand at, at my desk, stand when I can, do everything I can just to burn those extra calories 
while I'm working, because especially if you're a busy person out there, you want to have the best of both. And one of those walking, uh, those treadmill desks, or at least a standing desk is just a way to burn a couple more calories every single day while getting your work done. Yeah. And stay in motion. We're meant to move. We're meant to move yeah. and move forward. Right. One, one other thing I'll do, I'll get on one of those stationary bikes and everything I can do for my phone, I'll just save for the stationary bike. So I'll get on a, a bike and it's, all right, I know I have to do these emails. I know I want to wanted to listen to this podcast. I know I wanted to do this. And because my upper body is stationary and my lower body is moving, I can send the emails. I can do this work. So a lot of times I just make sure that all that type of work that I could do for my phone is just in my hand while I'm on the bike. And at the end, that could be 400 calories burnt while getting this work done. So I'm all about how can I be more effective and efficient and get work done, but be healthy. Cause there's always a way that we can cover two bases. Yeah. I haven't done the treadmill thing at the desk yet, but the, the cycling and reading is pretty helpful or catching up on, on usually it's two X on listening to podcasts. Cause I want to hear some thoughts from other people out there and it's always enjoy the different prisms and the different lenses, how we look at things and how, what we bring, what we extract from it, right? All us different personalities. The finance side, how did you get into the finance world? How did this all of a sudden become, you mentioned you went through a divorce. So the money piece come important prior to the divorce? Because I found the fastest way to lose a lot of wealth is not for me personally, but I've watched it through families. Boy, marriages can be very powerful spiritually, uh, but they also, they're also business partnerships and business partnerships can be very powerful and they can be very dangerous. When did the money component for you become important to you and how did you become, how did this, yeah, important to you and how you helping people on the money space? Because I'm sure that's an interesting story. It, yeah. And there's a couple, it all, it, the whole life story led up to that really, but it, it wasn't a divorce. I will say it was, I was engaged to her oh, and I see. a lot of stuff happened, but I, I ended up giving her a lot of money to invest for me because she was licensed in Germany and she had invested before. I trusted her. That was on me. I didn't ask enough questions. I believe she passed that money on to someone else who magically disappeared. And all of a sudden we're in different sides of the world and I'm starting almost from scratch again. But in terms of the financial, I guess the curiosity around personal finance, first it came from my parents. And if you talk to a lot of immigrant parents, the way immigrants look at money is way different than what American society teaches. And debt is not looked at like a normal thing from a lot of immigrant perspectives. It's frowned upon by a lot of people. And so if you get in debt, it's something for, it's for a house or it's for a car or it's for some necessities, but just consumer debt on vacations or clothes or whatever, it's no, we don't do that. And so my parents always taught me stay within your means, always live within your means, which I think is a fine and, and very responsible perspective. The flip side was that they never tried to expand their means. And when you come to America and you see what's available and you see how the society is run, it's very much expand your means. And so I feel like if you can do both, then that's a great thing because you can always reinvest, find more ways to make more money and then do what it, what you want with it, whether it's just give it to charity or start businesses or whatever. But from a, a young age, I always knew, okay, I can save money. I can save to invest if I were to put this into a compound interest calculator, it'll go up in value. And once I had lost weight in high school and in college, after college, I was in Tampa in 2010, 
and there was no jobs. This is pretty much the bottom of the, the market. And Florida was heavy hit because there were so many people from up north that had bought houses or put uh, deposits down and they just vanished. So Tampa was very hard hit, which also made it a great investing market. But uh, there weren't many, many jobs, at least in the industries that I, I wanted to look at. And so I went down to Miami and I got recruited into male modeling, which was the ultimate validation from losing weight. It was like, hey, this is incredible. And it was more of an up and down journey. It wasn't like, oh man, now I'm on set with these celebrities and I'm, it's not like Zoolander. If you ever watch Zoolander, those guys are the top male models. Those are the ones living large. They can afford to be stupid. Those guys were booking so much work. They could afford not to read a book and just get a, get off with their magnum look and their blue steel. But for me, it, it, the work never came like that. So I actually found myself helping these other models and actors with their money because they were booking the work I wish I was booking. They would be booking the $10,000 job here and the campaign there and the $3,000 a day job here. And I'm going to the same castings, the same audition, and I'm not booking it. But I found myself saying, yeah, but just save this. Look, if you save this, instead of going and getting bottle service tonight, if you just save this money and you put it uh, towards a down payment on a house, there's 10% cap rates right now. It's insane. And they're like, ah, bottle service, ah, this. So it, it started with just me not getting the work I wanted to work, to, wanted to have, and then being able to do that myself and then helping these other models and actors do that. And then in 2019, I got certified uh, as a finance coach through Dave Ramsey's program and learned a good amount there. But I also love learning from other guys, Ramit Sethi and uh, Chris Harder is one of my favorites. And everyone has uh, their own angle and their own perspective. And it's just evolved from there. But then with Empowerment, we have courses, we have tools, and then we have a couple of calls per month specifically on, hey, how do I save money? with groceries? How do I save money doing this? What, what's the best way to, to look at a decision like buying a house right now or buying a new car? And so, yeah, it, it was just seeing the big problems in society. And those were the two big ones, our health and our finances. Well, I mean, you always hear it's trite, right? Money doesn't buy happiness. I've been on both spectrum. You were talking about 2000. That's how I got into the financial industry is like, I'm on the corner sale engineer for food. Like uh, I thought of all engineering disciplines, civil engineering is probably one of the most recession slash depression proof. And you see all land development stop back uh, around in 2008, Reno, Nevada, Las Vegas. It was just a ghost town. It was really amazing to see it all stop. And then public works projects, everything you're doing for the cities, well, there's a parasite host relationship. If you can't collect tax revenue, all those uh, projects stop as well. And so it's just very... So it's just very fascinating where you go from, yeah, so it, it just, I lost my train of thought for a second. Sorry. I, I just went, about 20 things running through my mind of what I want to address, what you said. And then I, I, but it's just amazing how, yeah, you saw that drought, that kind of was a transformation. You're, the modeling career is very fascinating to me, but that's why you cater to people in that industry because that just was your world and you had a skill set that it. And then Dave Ramsey is obviously well-known. And so what was that certification like? Was that a, a long process or what's that? And are you still a coach for Dave Ramsey's organization or you just you know, carry those principles with a blend of 
Yeah. When I started with that, at first it was like, oh, this is common sense. This is easy. Cause I grew up with parents that implemented a lot of this stuff. And then it got a bit more advanced, a bit more terminology. And I, I did that for a bit, but I, I think what always stopped me from going further was just how much great perspective I was getting from other financial experts and gurus that were a bit more, I wouldn't say aggressive. I would just say bigger thinking in terms of achieving wealth versus the slow and steady. There's also, okay, that's great for the completely risk averse. But I, I also want to take perspective from other people, especially people living in big cities like Ramit Sethi, who wrote, I will teach you to be rich. That's a great mm -hmm. book. It's a great book. I read it years ago because one of my clients recommend I read it. There's a lot of similarity with what we were doing. And of course, we always have different perspectives in certain areas, but he's obviously quite the influencer. And, and definitely that's an expensive city to live in. That also resonates with me because I'm like, I don't live in Tennessee in a small town. And so how's my housing expenses only going to be 12%? I live in the middle of West Hollywood, which yeah, I could move further, but I value my time highly and I'm able to get everywhere I want to go within a 10 to 15 minute walk. And that is, as Ramit Sethi would refer to as a money dial. To me, that convenience is a money dial because I also hate commuting. And you might be like, hey, I love driving. It's fun. I get to see the fields and, and go around the mountains. But that's not L.A. traffic. If you come to L.A., we'll see if you still like driving because it's not fun bumper to bumper going uh, from Santa Monica to, to Culver City. Or, or actually, that's not too far. But Santa Monica to uh, Pasadena or something like that. And you go, wow, I spent two hours in the car and I'm just 17 miles away. Yeah, for me, it was just really what resonates with me. And I also like the idea of Ramit Sethi and some of these others saying, you know what, credit cards can be used in a way that benefits you if you're very disciplined. And then I also agree with Dave Ramsey saying it's a very slippery slope and it's very hard to be that disciplined and intentional with a credit card purchase because we're not seeing the cash leave. And so anyway, it, it, I felt like it was a bit more, a bit too restrictive to only follow one financial expert who has helped millions and millions of people when there are other experts that also spoke to me. And so that's where I just take bits and pieces from the, from everyone that I can learn from and say, Hey, if you're low risk, this is going to be more your approach. If you're more high risk, this is it. And this is how to talk, to assess your risk tolerance and to understand if you're young and you're 25 and you have a high paying career and you're out of debt, maybe you could take more chances than if you're 45 years old, you have two kids, you're in a career which AI may take over and you, you may need to really focus on that. That's a different circumstance. The, if I can steal you for a few more minutes, I love the conversation. So essentially what's worked for you, what have you applied for yourself, working with your co-founder, both you guys working together, you and Gil with Empowerment, essentially you've created different plans that through an online community, one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can help transform their health and wealth. It's a 90-day transformation. Yeah. We only want men that are serious, that, that, that hit the point where they're like, I'm not interested anymore. I'm now serious. I'm, I'm willing to prioritize my health, prioritize my finances. And so we require a 90-day transformation because neither happens overnight. Nothing happens overnight. You start with a one-on-one -on -one call, you get thrown into the community and you get introduced to the other men. You have a list of courses, a list of replays of our live training. You have all these different options to tap into. We guide you to the, to what makes the most amount of sense. And then every week we get closer and closer to the goal. 
what's worked for me, what's worked for past clients, especially with something like as important in our life as finances and our health is just taking time. Hey, we're going to take action every single day. We're going to inch closer. And so once we establish those habits and those habits have been ingrained long enough for your identity to actually be different versus I'm running, but I'm not a runner. I'm running, but I'm not a runner. There's a point where you, you start running every day and I hate running. So I'm doing, that, that's not the best example, but you're doing something. And then all of a sudden you're like, I've been running every day for 75 days, for 80 days. I guess I'm a runner. And then all of a sudden the next day, you don't have to question if you should do it because you're a runner. Of course you're going to run. So the, the point is we have a, our 90 day transformation. After that, it goes into a, a monthly membership that men can, can join and can stay on board with longer. If they like the community, if they haven't found an environment or a community in person, wherever they live for them to attach to and make sure that they're going to stay with these new habits and this new identity. But yeah, it's just, it's a 90 day program where we, we just want to impact men at the deepest level and make sure it's permanent. It's not one of these here short-term results. And, and then a month later, two months later, you've gained the weight back. You're back in credit card debt. We know that with the environment that's, that we have, as long as men are plugged in, they see the results. Well, I was talking, my wife and I have more intense conversations, just laying things out for 2024. It's like a month process where we just keep building on ideas, our priorities, our concerns, like what can we pull off, right? And then break it down. One thing that it's very interesting, like the Reno Tahoe area, and I'm sure it's prevalent across the U.S. is we're looking at, I know the word budget, it's like the kiss of death. Maybe I like how, I can't remember what Ramit calls it. I think he, I call it permission to spend. I think he calls it spending. I, I shouldn't speak for him, but somewhere in his book, the, he's, Budgeting doesn't work for people, but I love budgeting the fact that what gets measured gets managed, right? If we watch how things flow and we track how money moves, we, wa we watch what we eat, right? What gets measured gets managed and we know how to make adjustments. But like a permission to spend or where are we going to allocate certain dollars? And there's is such a difference between medical budget and ex medical expenses versus uh, health. Right, health and fitness, we're trying to, they're different animals and it's too bad. It's too bad that we see I would like to see more of a, a synergy between the medical industry and the health and fitness industry. Does that make sense? Like I go see my medical doctor for a checkup. Peptides does not come up. Stem cell does not come up. And, right. and it's very interesting because when you're talking about longevity, or was it Brian Johnson invests over $2 million a year into reversing or at least drastically. Now, the way he's moving I think very few hum human beings can do it at that level because of the finances and the entire commitment. He's like a machine on it from what he, mm -hmm. he watches YouTube and his site. But the peptide piece is very fascinating to me. Stem cell research, very fascinating to me. How, how are you guys getting the information and how do you work with, to me, it feels like it should be the medical industry that's, I don't know how to say this right, because it's, there's all these conflicts of interest between the medical, unfortunately, between the pharmaceutical industry, the med medical, fitness, health, supplement industry, it's, there's so much info out there. It's what's real and what's BS, what works, what doesn't. How are you guys deciphering on that? Because the peptide piece, my gosh, is that so confusing? Like, yeah. where do you guys begin and how do you help your community on that? Because it's very fascinating. I'm asking a lot of questions on it, but have fun. Ask, you want to have fun, <laughs> go ask your doctor about it. Man, you want to have fun, ask your orthopedic surgeon about stem cell. It's crazy, man. When you realize how little training 
most doctors have in just nutrition. I remember hearing something like two weeks of their entire training is on nutrition. And so then you expect them to know these advanced cutting edge technologies that could be life-changing. That's not in their curriculum. That's not their specialty, but it's a my, shame because these are brilliant minds to become a doctor, an incredible amount of discipline, brilliant minds in that industry. And wouldn't that be just so change? Wouldn't that be incredible if that all blended together? So to be fair, there are doctors out there that are passionate about it. And if you look up anti-aging clinics, men's clinics, uh, a lot of these places, they have to have a medical director. They have to have a, a doctor that's on board that believes in this. And even before peptide therapy, something that I've been taking for years, not because I wanted to, but because I medically needed it, is testosterone replacement therapy. And I'll mention it quickly because if you're a man out there and you're in your 30s, let's just say 35 and up, but especially 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're feeling tired, you're feeling like everything is climbing a mountain. It just, that flight of stairs, that might as well be Mount Everest. Really tackling your career and, and feeling enthusiastic to give it your all, that just sounds ridiculous. If you're at that stage, there's a good chance that your testosterone is low. And then of course you want to be eating right. You want to be getting your vitamin D, your zinc. You want to be uh, working out. You want to do those things first. But if you're doing those things and you still feel lousy the way I did in my early thirties, I would highly recommend just getting your blood work done and getting that hormone panel uh, included so that you see your total testosterone, your free testosterone, and your other hormones. Now, I have to mention that because there are men that we're working with today that they've started TRT because we've said, get your blood work, get your blood work. Yes, we're going to help you with your diet and all this, but it is such a gatekeeper to your mental health, your emotional health, and yes, your physical body. And because I've been there myself in my early 30s, that when they got on testosterone, they're like, my God, now my workouts are doing something. And now my wife is so happy. And now I'm actually focused at work and now all of this. So I will mention that. But in terms of the whole medical side and, and then the anti-aging side, we have optimal health and then we have the insurance side and that side, which is more about just don't die. We, we need you to give us money. Just don't die. <laughs> and and it's, it's a shame, but we also have a lot more information coming out with podcasts, with documentaries showing, hey, it's messed up. And my partner, Gil, is from Portugal, where just in Europe, food is looked at differently, healthcare and all that is looked at differently. And when you come here and you realize, my God, they're just trying to charge me a lot and don't want me to die, but don't want me to be healthy either. We said, hey, how do we incorporate optimal health for our men in a way that they can help, they can afford it? And so what we actually did is we reached out to some of these partner, uh, some, some of these clinics around the country that that are into a healthy fasting, three-day fast and meditation and mindfulness. And they're not just pushing injections, not just push, pushing pills, but they're really about a holistic approach. And we said, hey, we love what you're doing. Your testimonials are great. Looks like you're operating the right way. We we're growing a community of men that might not be able to afford some of this peptide therapy and stem cells and this, but they, they're interested and they're doing what it takes to at least get in a better place. If we send our men to you, can you offer them a discount? And so we got a couple of clinics to say, yeah, we'll offer them 10% off. Our best partner offers 25% off of a Thorn supplements. If you look up Thorn, T-H-O-R-N-E, it's, it's think the official supplement of the UFC. And they have a list of peptides that uh, once they become a patient, they can order these peptides at a really good discount. We don't get anything from it. We said, 
we'll make our money on our side. We want the max amount of discounts for our men who are putting in the work for their own health. And in terms of peptide therapy, I, I would just say, look it up yourself. It's very, it's great for healing from injuries. There's specific ones from healing from injuries. I believe a lot of the UFC fighters, boxers, perhaps even NFL players when they have injuries and they can take, I want to say it's BPC 157, not a very easy to remember name. I believe that is the Wolverine peptide, which you think of Wolverine like X-Men. Hey, you broke a bone, you, you did something here, and then you just heal so much quicker like when you were younger. That I don't believe is in, included in your insurance. If it is, you got great insurance if you can get on that, but that really affects your quality of life when you can heal from an injury two to three times faster. And then you have other ones that are for advanced weight loss, advanced uh, muscle gain. Semaglutide technically is a peptide, but that's not one that we really work with or recommend because that's just uh, constricting your appetite not necessarily teaching you uh, the right habits and then just amplifying the work you're already doing. So we're not about shortcuts. We're about, hey, do the right thing because that'll last forever. But if you could take something that gives you more of a boost to amplify your results, then that's even better. Yeah, I this, Brad, thanks for coming on the show. I know I could consume you for another hour, so we might have to have another part two. It's nice. I like the focus on the health and wealth working in synergy. So it's not just helping on the finance side, it's helping on both. And, and just there on the, the health piece, I like listening, and I'm sure this is my bias because of my engineering background, I love listening to Dr. Atia mm -hmm. and what he brings. But the part on the reversing aging and the, the, the thing that scares me is I'm listening to him. He says, man, there's just so many that are just plug and chug and it's very dangerous. And it's my gosh, man, it's like how much time do we have in a day to surround stuff with the right specialists to, to play this game. And it just can be way overwhelming. And I've watched the cost. I have yet to play that game on the peptide stuff. It's very fascinating, but that stuff's, it's fascinating and scares me because I don't understand it. And, there's, and, and it's gotten more expensive because it's gotten more popular. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, when it gets announced on like Rogan's podcast and the other podcasts, it gets, it's, yeah, it's very popular. And it's like all these fitness places are, are selling peptides in, in some way. And so it's just a very interesting animal. And the TRT thing, you can see how it really helps people, but you could also see how it could go the wrong way too without the right guidance, the right help, uh, all of it. But yeah, it sure would be nice over time as we can see the industry evolve where it's like we have the brilliant doctors that have this whole new spectrum of, I don't know if that's the right word, but we can bring in, it's not just treating the symptoms, it's moving in a way that we have a way more fulfilling life. And what you mentioned a while ago was, yeah, you want to create this time machine. Yeah, if we can be 100 years old and, and move like we're in our 30s, dude, we're in, <laughs> this is awesome. And, and not have to have a $2 million a year budget. 100%. I, I will say this, with what you're doing with your podcast, with other podcasts, with all this alternative media, at least the discussions are happening more and more. Because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would not be having discussions like this, but so many people are tuning into podcasts like yours and Rogan's and Peter Atia and, and all these names that are still on, not on TV that I see, but because so many people are looking elsewhere for information, it's, it's spreading very quickly. So I'm hopeful that this will continue. I, I will just say, if you're out there and you are looking for help with your health this year, whether it works testosterone and you say, hey, that might be me. There are a lot of clinics that are just going to give you the bare minimum blood work just to prescribe you testosterone. 
I'd say find yourself a qualified clinic that has a holistic approach. Do that with anything so that they are really treating you as a person. And maybe TRT is not right for you. Maybe peptides are not right for you, but they help you eat better. They help you get in better shape as naturally as possible. There's just a lot of players in the health space that are really looking at it from a cash cow perspective and just really do some vetting there. Brad, what's the best way for listeners to, to reach out to you? Empowermen.co is our site. You can see some of the testimonials of the men that we've helped. So it's E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N.co, like empowerment without the T. And then if you want to reach out on Instagram, I am Bradley Jared. Maybe it'll be in the show notes because Jared is spelled with two R's and a Y, which is confusing. But I'm happy to chat further. Everything that we're doing is just from our own journey and the way we'd want to impact others so that we can fall asleep at night and feel good about ourselves and wake up the next day excited to uh, attack it again. If the men out there, you don't have to be a model. You don't have to be an actor. Our men <laughs> are gentle. 40 to 55 years old. They're fathers, yeah. they're husbands. They're like, I wish I had time. I wish I had the energy. They have a reason to care about their health and their finances. Usually it's their kids or it's their spouse or the kids they, they're going to have. And yet they don't have the genetics. They don't have the environment. They don't have the things that are making it very easy. If, if you're surrounded by surfers eating fish tacos and you're shredded and all your friends are shredded, you're going to be okay because they're just going to want to go surfing and eat fish tacos. But most people don't have that environment. And so that's what we're bringing. And that's why it's an important movement for us. Brad, you've been a great guest. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for coming on the Engineer Finance Podcast. All listeners of the show, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I love doing it. I love having these conversations every week. And one of these days, I'll get to announce my fancy announcement that I've been waiting years for. So it's almost there. And then, Brad, we're going to have everything in the show notes for everyone for, I'm about to say it wrong, but Empower Men will have the links. And thank you for coming on. Really enjoy the conversation. Likewise, Ken, thank you so much. And if you're a listener out there, give this man a five-star review on Apple iTunes, please. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, guys. That's a great. Please do that. If it's a five stars of value, I would love that. Thank you. I look forward to next week's episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. The content is intended for United States audiences only. Opinions expressed are as of the date of this publication, and such opinions are subject to change. Green Financial and Insurance Services Limited, Green, is not responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other claimed losses resulting from or related to the content presented. Green makes no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Forecasts are not a reliable indicator of future results. Investors should be aware of the risks associated with investing. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of capital. Investors should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile. Consult with a qualified financial advisor as necessary before making any investment decisions. Thank you for listening to the Engineer of Finance podcast with Ken Green. 